0: Hey, future Black and Latinx leaders, you are listening to the Keys to the Office podcast, where we interview amazing professionals who share their individual career paths to set you up for success. We're giving you the keys to the office, and all you need to do is show up ready to unlock the door. Let's jump into today's episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Keyes family. I hope you all are doing well. Um, we have the honor and the privilege, and I've been smiling ear to ear since she logged in, um, to talk to Vanessa Eccles. Um, I know many of you know who she is, right? Uh, Award winning, right? Let's be clear about that. TV anchor mm-hmm. and reporter down in the Orlando market for many, 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 many years. Um, now author author retired. Um, I am excited to hear about this career progression, right? Because I know, I think you've been the first or the only African-American in that space with the longest running show, um, with the longest running career. So definitely want to hear about that and the keys to success there. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit more about this book that you've written. Um, I'm excited to hear about the transition. So welcome to the podcast, Vanessa.
1: Well, thank you so much. I love the concept of this podcast. So thank you for honoring me and allowing me to be your guest.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I touched on a few highlights, I guess. Tell the folks who you are and what you do.
1: Well, so as you mentioned, I am recently retired. And I will admit, I am enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> Yay, I love to hear that. <laughs> Everyone said, oh, you've been so active. You're going to be bored. You're not going to have anything to do. And I was like, yeah, you don't know me. I always have something going on. But no, I there are moments when I just sit on the sofa and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to be anywhere at any particular time tomorrow. And I like that. I'm setting my own schedule. So I like that. Now, I was in television news for many years, Mm -hmm. 40 years in the television news business, 30 of those years at the ABC affiliate television station in Orlando, WFTV, where I was a news anchor. And when I left, I was anchoring the noon and the four o'clock newscast. Spent many, many years on that morning newscast. So did weekends for a while. So I really did, I think, every anchor job there and reporter job in the building at some point uh, in my career. Mm -hmm. And so now I am retired. I have two elderly parents that I'm looking after here in Auburn, Alabama, where I was born. So it is one of those full circle moments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, How did you get into this space? Like, I, I think of a couple of individuals I've talked to who've expressed interest in going into uh, news reporting and anchoring, and I'm like, where do you start with that? Like, I, I don't have a clue, and and I feel like so many of us stand to learn a lot from you. So I guess before we jump into how you did it, is this what you thought you'd be when you grew up? Was this sort of the path you knew you'd take?
1: Absolutely. I was not one of those who changed my major a thousand times. I think for me, it's I grew up as a weird child because I always watched the news, even as a child. Wow. I read the newspaper. You know, my parents would always say when the paper was late, I would just pout, you know, like a three-year-old. Like, I can't believe the paper is late. What is wrong? What's going on in the world? I don't know what's going on in the world because paper's not here. So I was just always curious about the world and what was going on in the world, in the country, in my community. And so I read the paper. I watched newscasts. I took a current events class in the eighth grade okay. and I was hooked. Now, it was so funny because at one point the teacher said to me, You need to let some of the other students answer the questions. And I told her, as she told my mother at a PTA meeting, I apparently said, uh, that's fine. They won't know the answers, but if you want to let them answer <laughs> questions, go ahead. I'll humor you. No one knew the answers because no one like watched the newscast like I did. And so I think from that moment on, I think it was at current events class in the eighth grade. I was like, yeah, I wanted to do something in the journalism field. I didn't know if it was going to be newspapers or maybe mm-hmm. writing for a magazine or on television, but I always knew that this was some kind of path that I wanted to carve out for myself. Wow,
0: that's awesome. Um, And so it just started with your love of that. Then, you know, that's eighth grade, you move into high school. Talk to me about education post high school, sort of going into college and what that looked like, you know, how you decided on your major. Do you feel like it was beneficial and lends itself well to your success in your career?
1: I think the main thing for me is I always had this curiosity about mm-hmm. the world around me mm-hmm. and I always loved to read and I still love books. I mean, books are like, give me life. And I loved to write. I would write short stories. I would, you know, write a book when I was in the fifth grade. Now the book was like five pages long, but for me, it was, it was a like, book. write a book, And so all of that led me to things in high school. I was on the school newspaper, Mm -hmm. editor of the school yearbook. So somehow I always had my hand in writing. Um, I did the morning announcements at school. So I was like, that was my first broadcast job. And so when I got to college, I just wanted to do everything that I thought would prepare me for this career. So you know, I was interested in writing classes. I was interested in English classes. I was interested in communications, of course, because that was my major. Mm-hmm. I worked at the campus television station there at the University of Alabama. And so just anything that, that I thought would prepare me for this career, I took advantage of it. You know, yeah. political science courses, history courses, because the thing about journalism is you need to know something about a lot of different subjects. And so for me, I always had in mind, like, how is this going to help my career as a reporter, wherever that led me? I didn't know where it was going to lead me, of course. But my thought was always, okay, what do I need to do? And how is this going to prepare me for that? And so I never changed my major. I was a broadcast journalism major. And so that was just my track. And you were asking about what majors. I think that you could, there are successful people in the journalism career who didn't Major in journalism. They majored in history or English or economics, Mm -hmm. all of those things. But I think what we all have in common is curiosity, Mm -hmm. wanting to keep up with what's going on in the world, and a love of writing and telling stories.
0: Yeah. You, I will tell you, are one of the few people I've talked to um, during this podcast and even outside of this podcast who knew exactly what they wanted to do from a young age and pursued that track, right, and stayed with it through retirement. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, one of the few people, like, I I wonder what the secret to that is. And, And I'll say this, right, I think about the many times I switched majors in school, the many schools I went to, you know, at one point, I was a social work major. At one point, I went for this medical assisting program. I don't know why. Um, I ended up graduating with my first degree in um, organizational management and the second one in HR. But I like stumbled over so much because I was just, I, I lacked that clarity. Let me ask you how your parents played a role in sort, sort of fostering this passion that you had and helping you develop it.
1: I think I have just been tremendously blessed with parents who would support any crazy idea that I had. You know, mm-hmm. as long as I didn't, you know, say my desire is to rob a bank, uh, anything of, <laughs> within anything, reason, <laughs> yeah, anything out of criminal intent, yes, would support it. You know, on one side of the family, I was the first of the grandchildren uh, to go to college because those older than I did didn't go. And so I felt like I was setting a standard for the for the younger ones. But, you know, I just think that they just encouraged me. And when I when they realized that I had this interest in doing something on the news and I would watch the news and like, I think I want to do that one day. They didn't have the attitude of, oh, you can't do that. Those Mm -hmm. jobs are hard to find. None of that. It was just, all right. If you say you want to do it, then what are you going to do to prepare yourself? So that was a challenge they gave to me. Yes. With that and with everything, it's like, okay, you got these big dreams. What are you going to do to make them happen for you?
0: That's awesome. I I, I love that. I love to hear that because um, that's definitely not always the case. So tell me this, right? As I think about your progression in the industry, and I think about maybe my views of um, media and what a potential news outlet anchor could face, right, specifically as a woman of color, specifically as a Black woman. Um, Talk to me about the obstacles you faced as you shifted into the industry and through your your many years, successful years, might I repeat, right? So you've done exceptionally well. What were your biggest challenges?
1: I think I can really look back on the career now after, you know, 40 years in the news business and just see how things have changed particularly for women of color. Yeah. You know, in my first job in television in the early 80s in a very small town in in Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee, uh, I was the only black woman on the staff there at on air. And for small markets that was not uncommon. Mm-hmm. So going into that, you know, we looked at stations like, uh oh, they already have a black woman. I can't get that job. Wow. So we're like, okay, let me find a station where there are no black women on the air. Maybe then I can, you know, have this chance. Boy, things have drastically changed. But that was the challenge that we faced back then being in a space where we were the only one and realizing, okay, we can't mess this up because if we mess this up, there might not be another one of us mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. So I think that was probably the biggest challenge, just navigating spaces where we were the only one. And then the challenge is now looking back on it, we did not have access to mentors like young people do today. You know, when you are the only one, you look around like, OK, who is going to mentor me in this newsroom? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: That That's certainly an issue. Um, in many industries, unfortunately, uh, looking for someone like you who has done it and has done it successfully. Um, and then beyond that, I'll say getting the support and guidance from that person, right? Because in some cases, they're just struggling to keep it together on their own. Um, so so you hit on a, a huge piece. How does one find a mentor in this space, right? Let's say I'm the college student, I'm in my dorm or I'm at home, right? If I'm a non-traditional student um, and I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, yes, I absolutely want to get into the field. Um, Are there certain groups I need to connect with? Are there certain individuals I need to seek out? Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, It's a lot easier these days because you can look on your local television and see Women who look like you. If you are a black woman, if you are Hispanic, if you're Asian, you know, any woman of color, right. look on the television and and see people who look like you. I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to just reach out to them. You know, shoot them an email, like, this is who I am. Can you offer any advice? If you are in a market like New York or Los Angeles, it may be more of a challenge. <laughs> but if you are in, you know, a medium-sized city, reach out to someone, your students from And when I was in Orlando, students from the University of Central Florida would do that all the time. Reach out to me. I did a workshop with students from Bethune-Cookman University. So I would say don't be afraid to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, a great organization is the National Association of Black Journalists, which has a huge convention every year. And it is a family reunion for people of color on the air you know, some years there's a combination between the National Association of Black Journalists and the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. But just reach out to those professional organizations because there is a chance for you to meet people who will be willing to mentor you. But again, don't be afraid to just reach out to the people who are in your local television market.
0: Yeah, it's that simple, Vanessa. Um, I I say this often, um, closed mouths don't get fed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if individuals don't know your interests and your desires and things you want to learn about, there's no way for them to really support you. Um, so that's huge. Um, finding that mentor and and NABJ is huge, huge. So certainly get connected in that space. Um, I want to touch on a couple of things too, um, because you know, I've I've read all about you and I've heard about you over the years. Um your battle and your huge advocacy in the space, um, for breast cancer. And I simply, while this is a, a folk while there's a focus on careers during this conversation, first, I thank you for, for being an advocate, but second, um, just hats off for your strength, because okay. I think it speaks volumes to what, we can overcome and you know move through with perseverance, with determination, with faith. Um, talk to me a little bit about the work you're doing in that
1: space these days. Well, I will always be an advocate for the cause for several reasons. Uh, first of all, if you are a black woman and you are diagnosed with breast cancer, you have a forty percent greater chance of dying than a white woman. So. That to me is like, you know, flashing lights, get involved. Uh, The other thing is, yeah, I was walking around and I felt fine. I was walking around thinking I was perfectly healthy, but I had something that was trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was always a healthy person before cancer. I, to this day, have never had the flu. Um, I would have a cold and that was it. So when I went in for what was supposed to be a routine mammogram and they discovered that I had enlarged lymph nodes, their first question was, have you been sick recently? And I was like, Oh no, you don't understand. Yeah. I'm never sick. sick. I, was like, I had a cold. But I'm not sick. Never been sick. Never had the flu. Still had my tonsils, still have my appendix, you know, just the yeah, biggest... all that. So that kind of came at me like a freight train. And if you had asked me before that, you know, what would you do if you were ever diagnosed with cancer? I was like, oh no, I would fold. I would fold completely. I would not be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, I was good at encouraging my friends when they face tough times. But then when cancer came along, I was like, oh, okay. Here's the chance for me to show them that this faith stuff is real because I know they're looking at me like, okay, let's see if she's going to fold. Mm -hmm. Or if all of the stuff she's been telling us about having faith, let's see if this stuff is for real. And so I am an advocate for it because having walked that journey, I know what people need and what they're going through when they face that battle. Yeah, yeah. Overcoming the obstacles,
0: right? Being committed to um showing others that there is a way through this thing called life that can mm. oftentimes get crazy. Yes. Um and 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 now I want to hear about the book. Like I I have not read it yet. Okay. Um, I know you are now a published author. And so please tell me the title alone. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> jump in, tell me what this retirement life looks like in this new book that you have published.
1: I actually started writing this book uh, before I retired. And I can't remember when I exactly, people ask me all the time, when did you start writing? I'm like, I don't know. The idea was always simmering in my head. So it's called, We're in Heaven and I Have Some Questions. Yes. And I think it speaks to my whole life. I've always been asking questions. You know, that's why I was in the journalism field. I had questions. Mm -hmm. And so I've always just thought about when we get to heaven, And we see people from the Bible, like, what is that going to be like? And for me, it was like, I got a lot of questions. And so I just began to sit down and write. And as I write, I just kept writing and writing. At the end, I was like, I think I have something here. And it was published in Mm mid-August. And people ask, what is it? And I say, it's a combination Bible study slash Sunday school book slash daily devotional slash journal. Because there are pages in there where I want people to write about what they've read. And it is not um, heavy in terms of knocking you overhead with theology. It's the funny questions that I would ask the people from the Bible when I meet him in heaven, such as my, some of the questions for Noah. The last one is, and I have a great fear of these, so you'll understand when I pose this question. I said, mm-hmm. when God said to you, animals two by two, do you think he really meant snakes too? Because anyone who knows me knows that I have maybe an unnatural fear of snakes. And when I was on the air, whenever we would do stories about snakes, everyone was like, uh-oh, here's a snake story. And yeah. viewers would tune in, like, uh-oh, here's Vanessa with a snake story, that kind of thing. So all of the questions are the humorous questions that I would ask people uh when I see them in heaven. And there's
0: space for us to journal in the book as yes. well.
1: Sounds like after each, there are forty uh, characters from the Bible that I write about, mm-hmm. and after each one, there's a blank page. There, well, it's lined, but blank page for you to just write your thoughts or your questions or just whatever you were thinking as you read the story. Okay, okay, I love this. Um, and as a matter of fact, where can we get it? So it's available on Amazon as well as from the publisher, which is Archway Publishing. Okay, It's also available at Barnes & Noble and pretty much all the online bookstores.
0: Okay. I am purchasing one for myself Excellent. and one for a listener. So um, if you're listening to this, the first one to actually email me, um, oh. I will purchase a copy for you as well. I'm, I'm just excited. I have this, this humorous side of me um, and I absolutely love to journal. So I'm looking forward to... Um, my kids don't think I'm funny. They would totally disagree.
1: (laughs) So this book will be perfect for you then with a sense of, in fact, I say in the uh, introduction to the book, and I said, no author would say this, but if you don't have a sense of humor, don't read this book because it really is for people who have a sense of humor. And we live in times where we all need to just take a moment to laugh.
0: So true. So, so, so true. Um, My thoughts and prayers are with um, your family, your friends, your connections in Florida as we deal with this hurricane that um, is looking a bit intense. Um, So certainly wanted to touch on that, uh, genuinely keeping them in my prayers. Um, I want to thank you because you setting aside time to talk about this path. It is one of the most, like I said, clear paths I have heard of to success right? Um, And now you're enjoying this retirement space. What's next for you? You have book number one out. I know you love books. Talk to me about what happens next. You just had this one published. Are you thinking about book number two
1: already? Well, I thought I didn't have any ideas. I was like, this is it. This is my one idea. But the other day I did think of something. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet. But yeah, I do have something in mind. But it would be another, it would be something that's humorous again Mm -hmm. as well. I love it. So, you know, the the beauty of retirement is that it's like I mentioned, I don't have a schedule where I have to be somewhere at a certain time. And so I'm able to really, for the first time since I was five, sit back and enjoy just thinking about what would I like to do next? Not what I, what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. What would I like to do next? So there's plenty of time to think about to all the projects I want to be involved with and and things I want to do that I think I would truly enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are you blessed to be able to do next? Right? That's right? It. I think it's truly a blessing to be able to to even retire these days. Um and and focus on what you're passionate about. Um as we wrap up, I think about the fact that This podcast is called The Keys to the Office, right? As we share the many career paths, key learnings, um, all that good stuff from professionals, from entrepreneurs, Um, I think about, you know, putting a bow on it, right? What's that one major key that you could share with a college student somewhere um, who's thinking about becoming a news anchor, right? Like, I want to get into TV. Um, What's that one thing they need to focus on next?
1: I think for me, it's three things. First of all, just be prepared. Mm. If you really think you want to be in this business, you need to be watching the newscast. It amazes me, the students who contact me and they have no clue about the newscast. Like, you need to be watching the newscast. You need to be reading the paper. You need to be reading news magazines. You just need to be reading a lot about events that are taking place. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that you must be persistent. You know. You may get turned down for the first eight jobs and give up. Well, maybe the ninth one is the door that was going to open for you. So just keep at it. You can't give up if you truly love this business and you need to love it. The hours are crazy and bad. Mm. The people in those newsrooms now with the hurricane bearing down on them have left their families to come to deliver the newscast. People have missed holidays and birthdays and all of that. So you need to love this business. Mm -hmm. And then my third thing is don't be afraid to fail. You know, do Mm -hmm. not live in fear. And I think that's one of the things that that applies to whatever field you are in. You can't be timid. And you just sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and it can be scary. And that's okay. Just do it scared. But don't be afraid to go after whatever it is you want. Maybe no one else in your family has done it. Maybe the people around you are like, how in the world do you think you're going to be on television? Or how in the world do you think you're going to be a doctor? Or how in the world are you going to build a bridge? Whatever the case is, just go for it. And if you fail, there's going to be a lesson that you learn. Try again. Mm -hmm. I love that.
0: I love that because you're right. It goes across multiple industries. It's life, actually. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It, it's a life lesson. Um, go ahead and fail. It's okay. Every I does not have to be dotted. Every T does not have to be crossed. Push forward. Try it out.
1: Stick your toe in the water. That's it. I think there is a, a minister who says all the time, failure is not final. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. Yeah, it is. Um, wow, Vanessa. Thank you. Well, thank you. you. I enjoyed our conversation. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Yeah, I'm actually excited about getting the book. Um, I happen to hey. see books and what you don't see. So I see all of your books, but what you don't see here is all of my books.
1: <laughs> uh, these are only about, I'd say, a third of the books that are in my house. Well. You know how people decorate with plants and flowers? I decorate with books. It's yes. It's probably some kind of mental illness but
0: <laughs> it's, it, I <laughs> it's probably something but we'll go with it right it's yes. not, it, it's not harming anyone exactly um, but I can't wait to get it um and read it and like I said share it with another reader I think sharing is caring hence this whole podcast mm-hmm. right um sharing the information we have to empower others coming uh behind us so thank you for your time um thank you, thank you for you know sharing your message with others Um, It's definitely going to impact someone.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: All right. Have a fantastic rest of your day.
1: We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. All right.
0: If you're hearing this message, you have listened to the entire episode. And for that, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review and check out our website at www.thekeystotheoffice.com. We look forward to connecting with you in a future episode. Until then, go be amazing.